The following podcast is brought to you by the Creative Arts Curriculum Team from Secondary Learners Educational Standards Directorate of the New South Wales Department of Education. As we commence this podcast today, let us acknowledge the traditional custodians of all the lands on which this podcast will be played around New South Wales. Their art, storytelling, music and dance, along with all First Nations people, hold the memories, the traditions, the culture and hopes of Aboriginal Australia. Let us acknowledge with honour and respect our Elders past, present and future, especially those Aboriginal people in our presence today who have and still do guide us with their wisdom. Welcome to the Creative Cast podcast series. I'm Jackie King and I'm Creative Arts Project Officer with the Department of Education. Today, we are discussing the strategy of the week with Caroline Jarvis, who is a music teacher at Willoughby Girls High School. Hi, Caroline. Thanks for joining us today to share your strategy of the week. Hi, Jackie. Thanks for having me. (laughs) You submitted a great video about do it now activities, which is a strategy that I really love and particularly for stage four. But before we get into that, are you able to tell me a little bit about your context at Willoughby Girls High School and the music classes that you have there? Sure. Willoughby is in Sydney's North Shore. So we are mainly uh, dealing with higher socioeconomic kids, although there is a small portion, there's some housing commission in the area. So we do get a mix, but uh, generally from the higher socioeconomic area. We're also quite near Chatswood, which is quite the centre for new Australians or coming out from other countries and want to get their education in Australia. So I think we have just over 50% of our students have another language. A lot of them are in the more sort of um, developing ELD phase rather than emerging, but that sort of adds some extra challenges in the classroom. And we're really lucky that in our local area, the primary schools have really big and amazing band programs Um, yeah and a lot of the kids even some of the schools have music specialists but having said that we get a really wide range of experience of music education in primary school some of them are obviously coming in really capable on a variety of instruments and some of them have never had um, any musical education whatsoever wow so that's like a big differentiation sort of gap that you need to fill there yeah So your do it now activities, what are they? Sure. It came from two places. First of all, we were noticing in our context that year sevens were coming into high school less equipped than ever to meet the challenges of high school, of changing routines and organising themselves. And the year seven transition team asked teachers to establish routines in their classroom that were predictable so that when year sevens came into the room, they knew exactly what to expect and so the do it now activities sort of started 
Firstly, as a classroom management routine, where we're establishing a consistent routine where your sevens would come into the room and know exactly what they were meant to do and to create predictability, but also to engage them in learning the second they get in the classroom. The second place it came from as we had created all these resources in our faculty for year seven to sort of revise content at the beginning of the lesson, but we were finding we'd often skip over them. You know, we only have three 50 minutes a cycle in year seven. It's not a lot of time. So we would have best intentions of doing these activities to recap previous content and would actually never get to them. Oh no, we need to get them on the keyboard or we need to get them into the listening activity. So my thought was we could utilize that time better when they're coming into the classroom and finding their seat and handing out the books and doing the roles by actually engaging them in learning straight away. What it has evolved into is something a little bit different, but essentially we set up these do it now activities through Google Classroom. We create a Google form. There's one for every lesson and they come in straight away. They sit down, they get their device out. It takes five minutes maximum is the idea. And once they're finished, they put their device away and they're ready for learning. And in that time, I mark the role, I hand out the books and make sure they're all settled and ready to go. Fantastic. How it's done. (laughs) I I love do it now activities. And similarly, when I was at school or when I was teaching in at Curry High School, I used do it now activities all the time for particularly for stage four, it was, it's really important to get them in, get them doing something straight away. So you can do all that business, like the marking of the role, etc. So you kind of do it a little bit differently to me in that, that you've always just got a Google form. Is that right? So it's always like a quiz. Yes. And I mean, it has a lot of positives as far as what it has evolved into is we found it this really amazing way to collect lots of quick snapshots or data from student learning because from the Google form itself there's a little button that you can export into Google Sheets and you can see all the students responses there in a table in front of you. I feel like using data to inform practice has got a bit of a bad rap but when you're actually setting up the data yourself then it becomes meaningful. It's like, this is the thing I want to measure. So that's been really amazing as far as this differentiation that mentioned before, because we've all had the experience in music where a student comes in and says, I'm sixth grade piano. And you assume (laughs) they have that theoretical knowledge that a sixth grade pianist has, and it turns out they really don't. Or someone who says, I've never done music before. And then you get into it and you find out actually they have some musical skills and go, oh, well, I kind of did it with my primary school teacher, but obviously did it a lot more. So it's actually really effective in measuring as a pretest. If you're, you know, starting notes of the treble clef in year seven, we sometimes say to them, look, this do it now you're going to do today. If you don't know it, just put your name and submit it. That's fine. That's your way of telling me that you've never done this before. If you want to give it a go and you're not quite sure, great, um, but otherwise fill it in. And we've able to actually use that data to then adjust how we teach and differentiate to the particular students. So if you have seven students that are highly proficient with their triple clef, you give them an activity that sort of gets them to delve into that deeper, maybe performing something off notation. Then you can focus on the group of students that are left that have never done it before without the distraction of the know-it-alls and without those students feeling silly (laughs) because they don't know it. Sure. So how have you found that students respond to the Do It Now activities? What's been the outcome of implementing this strategy? I really have found them coming in 
with that predictability of settling down and knowing that this is what they do as soon as they come into the classroom has helped so much, even with kids that are, you know, in a Willoughby Girls context, a little bit more extreme in their behaviour because they know what they're meant to do. And particularly learning support kids who sometimes find it challenging to understand instruction, well, they don't need to know what they're doing because it's straight away they come in and they do it. But also to just get them focusing on learning straight away has been really helpful. It's a little bit meta, but I got them to do a do it now activity, reflecting on the do it now activities. And one of the things that came out the strongest in a bunch of questions that I asked is they really felt like the teachers knew them better and knew their um, strengths and were able to then set them appropriately challenging learning goals as a result, which I just thought was really wonderful. Um, I think particularly I love that. from a well-being perspective as well, look, we've got to be honest, like, like I teach four year seven classes. I see them three times for 52 minutes. There's 110 kids. I'm not, I don't have a lot of opportunity to get them, know them really well. And I do feel like this year I know my students and their strengths and their weakness so much better than I ever had before. And it's just so easy to just quick sheets, have a scroll through, highlight certain results, but also giving them opportunities to comment, to get some more qualitative data, if we're going to use this data, to (laughs) ask them how they feel about things. For them to set learning goals has just been so revealing about them, not just as learners, but as people. I think this strategy, I actually wrote down, I've been looking a lot at DC's What Works Best, their 2020 update, and I'm like, this strategy hits high expectations, explicit teaching, because you're setting that goal straight away. They're coming in, they, it's on the board, or they know where they've got to go. They know what they're going to do. Assessment, formative assessment, where formative assessment every day, using data to inform practice, classroom management, and you've just touched on well-being. One of the reasons I use the Do It Now activity as well is I like to use a ready-to-learn scale for the children to tell me where they're at as they come into the room. So it helps me to check in with students who need to be checked in with. It gives you that time to do all of that sort of stuff while the students are just getting in and, and getting on with an activity at the start of the lesson. I love that. I might write that down and take that one and incorporate it myself. (laughs) Yeah, it's lovely. Well, thank you so much for chatting with me today and sharing this wonderful strategy. I think it's a really fantastic strategy, particularly for stage four, to get them in and to get them settled and and engaged in learning straight away in um, in a classroom situation. Is there anything else you want to add before we finish up today? And look, we've only implemented this for the first time this year and I already have learned so much and we'll be changing certain things this year. And I just feel like the opportunities are endless. The more we do it, the more I think I can sort of embed a video into this. I could get them, (laughs) give them a sample of an assessment and get them to evaluate it against the criteria. Like I just, as I said, it started as classroom management, but it's just evolved into something so much better. That's fantastic. Well, thank you so much for sharing with us today, Caroline. I hope that you might be able to share more strategies on our strategy of the week as we continue to roll out this series further down the line. Good luck with continuing to develop your strategy of the week with Do It Now activity. And we look forward to talking to you again. Thank you so much for having me, Jackie. Get involved in the conversation by sharing your favourite teaching strategy in the Creative Arts Statewide Staff Room General Channel. 
You can follow us on Facebook and Twitter, Creative Arts Curriculum 7 to 12, or email us creativearts7-12 at det.nsw.edu.au. This podcast was brought to you by the Creative Arts Curriculum Team from Secondary Learners Educational Standards Directorate of the New South Wales Department of Education. This podcast was composed by Alex Manton, an audio production by Jason King.